And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right, fools, we're back for another exciting episode of A-Sides. Andy, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Fine and dandy, actually. Yeah, uh, thanks for the coffee. Hey, you're welcome, man. So, uh, how was the gym this morning? Um, I half-assed it like I do everything. Nice, nice. So did I. I wasn't feeling it. I was hungry the whole time. <laughs> and uh, I don't know where you go, but I just go down the road there to Planet Fitness. And there's a Popeyes and Hardee's in the parking lot. That's totally discouraging. <clears throat> I feel like that was a real dick move, just putting a... Yeah. <laughs> A gym in the same parking lot as a Hardee's and a Popeye's. But I didn't stop. Are the treadmills, like, facing out towards those uh, Some of them are, but I don't get on those. I don't want to stare at Popeye's the whole time I'm on a treadmill because that just <laughs> fucked me up because I do love Popeye's chicken. But I only let myself eat that, like, maybe three times a year. I don't know. We've lived here, like, three years, and I can count on one hand how many times I've... I've stopped there and got yeah. some chicken, so I think I'm doing all right. So, uh, anyhow, what's exciting? What's exciting and new in the world of music? Um, well, there's actually something else that I saw this morning, too. Another Ozzy song from that uh, upcoming album. Oh, yeah. I and listen to that, too. I listened to it. I liked it better than the other one, but yet I still didn't really like it for some reason. I liked the guitar work. Because Slash played guitar on it, so oh, there really? was cool riffs. What was it called? I forgot already. See, I don't remember the name, but I like the first one better than this Something one. with Hell or something. Yeah. God, Go to go to Hell? No, it wasn't Go to Hell. Yeah, it was something like that, <clears throat> Go to Hell. But I remember uh, there was a lyric. He uh, he actually worked the the word defecate into the song. Did you catch that? No. And like the first verse, he actually has the lyric defecate. It's like, wow, man, I've never, I've never heard that in a song before. Oh, it's called Straight to Hell. Straight to Hell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. I mean, I felt like it was really cliche in a lot, of, in a lot of spots, you know. See, I thought it seemed kind of like <clears throat> almost like a remix of old songs. Because doesn't he start out with that "All right" or something? He does the "All right now." Yeah. 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 It was pretty, uh, I thought that was pretty weak. But I thought the riffs were cool and stuff, but it's Slash, so it's it's going to have some cool. But yeah, I mean, I didn't really like it that much either. I mean, I, I'm saying I liked it better than the other song, but that's really only because I can at least say, hey, I dug slash. the guitar, yeah. Slash, Slash is fucking cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Motley Crue, yeah. Back from the Dead, those fucking shows, Jesus. I mean, I just feel like it's a fucking joke at this point. Yeah. The fact that they're, you know, I mean, basically, what was it like? Live Nation offered them something crazy, like 150 million. Oh, really? And then there was the whole thing where they were saying Vince would have to lose 50 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever it was, and Tommy would have to go into rehab, and they were making it sound like it wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden it happened. 
And it's like, well, if that if there's any truth to Live Nation offering them 150 million, like, yeah, duh, they're gonna fucking do yeah. it because they don't care. They just want the fucking money, you know. Fuck the integrity of the band. Fuck the idea of going out on top, which it was way too late for. Anyhow, they didn't go out on top. <laughs> yeah, really. They I thought way... that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> they were way past their prime on that one, but I mean, still, it just seems like so silly that they're getting back together. They're just making themselves look like a bunch of horses' asses, you know? Yeah. And then, like, people are chiming in, like, other musicians, like, oh, shame on the Motley Crue fans for being pissed off at the reunion. They should be excited that their favorite band's back together. It's like, no. No, we don't have to be excited. Yeah. They they were my favorite band when they put cool music out, but when they're just out there, like, beating a fucking dead horse, touring <laughs> on the same 10-song set list for the last 15 years like gee i'm so fucking sorry i'm not excited yeah. i'm so sorry i don't want to see them go out and just fucking phone it in every night and see vince run around out of breath and <laughs> half the words are missing and he's singing like <laughs> shit i mean who the fuck are these people to tell us that you know we should have to be excited about this band coming back around i mean i don't you know, and then you put them on tour with Def Leppard and Poison, so you turn it into like a jack off '80s cock rock throwback thing, <laughs> anyhow. So now the whole thing looks like a fucking cash grab yeah. all the way, all the way around. You can't tell me it's nothing but that. So it so doesn't f- even seem like it's been that long since they've toured. I know it's, it wasn't. It's it was like only five like five years, years maybe. But it doesn't even seem like it's been five years. It's like I don't even know. Was it? Or was it just, was that when the last, the final tour started? I think it was 2014 and 2015. So yeah, it would be four years, so not even five, right? And what I like is that video that they put together, like the press release thing, and it basically says, you know, like the fans wanted it, the fans were basically insisting on it, and you know, so we just ripped that contract up, and we're going back on tour. It's like, yeah, fuck you guys, man. Those are fucking douchebags. Just go out with some fucking integrity. Jesus. You know? Yeah, because then I was thinking, too, the first... When I saw that headline, I was thinking, like... I know Nikki Six. he loves to talk a lot of shit, but he shouldn't talk shit anymore because the whole kiss thing oh, the yeah. last year, he's been talking shit about that, saying, oh, they stole our stage stuff where they go up on risers <laughs> over the crowd yeah. or something. Which is horse shit anyhow yeah. because every fucking touring band that has like any kind of big spectacle of an arena show yeah. with flames and all that bullshit, they all stole it from Kiss. Yeah, and then doesn't he have a flamethrowing bass? It's like, well, you're a bass player, Gene breathes fire, so you're kind of copying off yeah, him, basically. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to that kind of stuff, Kiss can fucking do whatever they want, because really? they pretty much, they invented that fucking wheel, you know? Yeah. Like, just because other people came out and made some improvements and did some cooler shit, it's like, still. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're still the original motherfuckers to do it, so shut up. Even if they're kind of, even if they've overstayed their welcome too, yeah. you know? I mean, I really would like to see Ace and Peter on this on this farewell tour, but I don't know. There's some hints at some uh, possible appearances and stuff, but I haven't but really... But I think they've, they've kind of hinted at that the whole year, and they've been touring all year, and they yeah. haven't showed up yet. Yeah. But I think they've just said... 
Well, if they want to show up, the door's open, but you're not going to, like, this isn't your tour. Yeah. Like, get up and do, like, one song. Yeah. Like, Peter could come out and sing Beth or something. Yeah. That'd probably be the extent of it. Yeah. I mean, all that's kind of a shame, but <clears throat> maybe uh, maybe their reunion tour, in hindsight, just should have been the... Yeah. The farewell tour too, because nothing. It's not like there's any music they've put out since then that was, you know, really worth. True. I kind of like some of Sonic Boom. I do bit, too, actually. I, I like that. What was that? Modern Day Delilah or whatever yeah. the hell it was called. I did kind of dig that song and a couple others on there, but they could have like never put Monster out. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the moral of that whole story. Is uh, fuck Motley Crue and fuck the re- reunion. Yeah, and I know that you know. I know, the more I say that, the more shit I'm gonna get from like fellow, crew fans. But it's like, you know, fuck. Plus, this like, guy. I just want him to be cool. Like, I just want him to be the band that was cool when I was a kid. I don't yeah. feel like seeing this parody of what once was. I I was thinking of what you just said. How they do the same set list for 15 years, and like Vince is like, you know, yeah, fat, everybody makes fun of that. But yeah. it's like, well, with being three big bands like that on the same uh, uh, tour, maybe that's in their favor. Then they'll only do like, I don't know, like uh, 75 minutes, whereas most headliners do like over an hour and well, that like just 90 means minutes that. or something. So, see, that's better to their advantage than they don't have to play as long. Yeah, and they're not going to. They're really not going to have any B sides or deep cuts yeah. or anything. Yeah, into so they the are going to play the same. I mean, Poison's the same way. At least Def Leppard, they do kind of introduce some shit, you know? Like, yeah. they'll throw some oddball songs in from time to time. So, um, hell, I think one time I saw them, they even pulled Sling out. <laughs> Believe it or not. I don't know if that was a good idea, but but they did it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw him with Dustin and Moline, and I think it was when that self-titled came out, the last one, and they did like two or three songs off that album, and they said Moline was like the debut spot of one song, too. I actually liked that record. It, I was really late to the game on that, because I kind of dismissed them. Um, you know, most of the newer stuff I've heard of theirs, I just haven't liked pretty much anything since, uh... Euphoria, and even that, like, I can't, I go back and listen to that record, and it's so watered down, I liked it when it came out, but now it's like, eh. So anyhow, that new one, that self-titled one, when it came out, I just kind of was like, nah, I don't need that, you know? I don't need any new Def Leppard, (laughs) really, at the end of the day. The only thing I ever go back and listen to is, like, Pyromania and before, you know? Like, High and Dry is still... You know, my favorite. Pyromania being probably a close second. On Through the Night's really cool. I always, you know, dig throwing that that one on. And um, I think Hysteria is all right. I mean, it's like... No, I like out, Hysteria, but... yeah. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of people knock Hysteria. I always find that album funny because people will be like, yeah, I mean, I never did like that record. It was just too polished. It's like, man, fuck you. You yeah. did too. Everybody liked that record when it came out. I don't give a shit who you were. Because at that time, that was like 
the biggest sounding record yeah. ever. You know, that was before every record, every band like that started putting out records that sounded that big and that slick and that yeah. overproduced. Like, there weren't that many albums out back then that were overproduced like that, you know, compared to now, okay? It's not like you had all these fucking Nickelback and Shinedown records back then. So, at the time, like, if a Shinedown yeah. record came out back in 1980, people would be like, holy fuck, this is amazing, because just from the production value, yeah. you know, because it sounds huge. So you're not going to tell me that all these people that were diehard Def Leppard fans, you know, yeah. Hysteria comes out, it sounds fucking massive, and they were just like, it's way overproduced, this is too slick. <laughs> I wish they'd just go back to their roots and be more raw. You know, I'm not doubting that they feel that way yeah. now, because I feel that way now. Yeah. Like, now I listen to it and I'm like, eh, I kind of dig the more, you know, the earlier records where it was a little more raw and stuff. But I think that's just because... After Hysteria, that just became their sound. Like, it just was kind of overproduced and slick. And so you kind of got tired of it after a while. And then you develop that, you know, not really liking that overproduced. Plus, the songs were played to death on the radio, so you got fucking tired of them. You know? Pour some sugar on me. I I loved it. I mean, I was a kid, so I was stupid. And of course I was going to eat that shit up, man. But... You know, I just don't buy it when people tell me that shit, when they're like, oh, I, I never did like that record. I thought it was overproduced the first moment I heard it. It's like, ah, get the fuck out of here. Now you're just a pretentious dick, you know? So, man, I need a drink. I'm already, we haven't even talked about anything we came to talk about. Yeah. I'm already fired up and pissed off. Yeah, and I need some more coffee. So... All that fuck Motley Crew business aside, yeah. what else you got, man? Here's something I got for you. I was driving around the other day, and something kind of hit me, and I was like, this might be something fun to talk about, but I didn't want to bring it up. I wanted more of your on-the-spot kind of take on this, because you know how I was thinking, uh, you know how Megadeth has a beer, and Iron Maiden has a beer, and I was like, Metallica has a whiskey... And corn has coffee, right? And then I thought how there was that one thing where, like, like my friend of mine, she said uh, that Skillet was, like, monster energy drink. And there's something where, like, Five Finger Death Punch is, like, Mountain Dew. Well, I was trying to come up with other bands that would have alcohol. If they had their own alcohol or if you could compare them to alcohol. And I wrote down a couple, but I didn't know, like, what you would think. <laughs> I don't know, I guess it... Because I was like, well, if, if like, Corn uh, has, like, you know, like, their own licensed coffee brand, I was like, what, like, would Shinedown be, like, uh, the cider beer of rock? Or uh, uh, Nickelback is wine coolers. That's one thing I thought of. And then I had Imagine Dragons would be the White Claw of rock. Yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> so I don't sure. know what you would... I definitely would say the Imagine Dragons would be, yeah, the White Claw. They'd have their own signature White Claw. Man, you know... Because then talking about getting sponsors and stuff, I was just thinking of... I was just thinking, like, yeah, I don't know. Do we want White Claw as a sponsor? <laughs> There's no law when you're drinking the Claw, baby. Yeah. You need to check that skit out, too, because that... Have you seen that? No. That quote comes from this skit where this kid's, like, drinking nothing but White Claws. And it's he's a fucking idiot, but it's hilarious. But... Yeah, I just realized Five Finger Death Punch 
She'd just put out like an energy punch, and it should just be called Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. See, there you go. You're, I'm a fucking marketing genius, really. Yeah. People should probably hire me. Or just call it Death Punch. Yeah, Five Finger Death Punch Punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I You might have put too much thought into that, but... Or Hawaiian Punch? I think they can sponsor them. Yeah. I feel like it's got to have some energy drink, uh... Yeah. Some stuff going on there. So, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I didn't know if you that, had. Was that all you had? I don't yeah, that's all I had. I was just yeah, like, I don't, I don't have... know where you would go with that. Oh, I don't I, know. I was just driving around thinking about it, and I was cracking myself. Well, I see my Huey Lewis and the News record sitting there, so <laughs> they could have one called Huey Lewis and the Booze, <laughs> and it could just be like some shit cheap malt liquor like King Cobra or something you know and just call it Huey Lewis and the booze it'd be awesome I would drink that even if it tasted terrible I don't know I don't know maybe I shouldn't have patted myself on the back for this before I you were pretty excited about it you had like a twinkle in your eye I did because I oh no I thought Nickelback being the wine cooler of that's pretty good I mean I will give you Imagine Dragons and White Claw that that's dead and on. And I thought you know more alcohol like, than I do. So Jesus, what are you trying like, to say? I don't know. Because I'm, I'm the guy. To imply because I'm the guy drinking that. a Bloody Mary while you're just drinking coffee. I'm just a soccer mom drinker. That's true. Uh, That's does, true. Doesn't Motorhead have something? That's what I was they have a think. beer. They have well, they have beer, whiskey. Although I've never seen oh, wait, whiskey here's the anywhere other one that here. I didn't write down. Oh, here's the other one that I didn't write down, but I thought of now. Slayer would have their own licensed Bloody Mary mix. You know, or that would be cool. That right? would. Rain and Blood. Yeah. D Mary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that uh <clears throat> that Slayer I show I went to, to I guess you know I don't know if I told you about that, but that was uh it was long, actually. Man, like yeah, four bands. That? I don't know if I'm was... getting old, but four bands, like you know, it was like a five hour show and God, I was fucking tired. Uh, no, I think Phil Anselmo and the Illegals did about a half hour. Their set was pretty short. Oh, because I guess the but they were great. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Phil, I thought sounded great. His band sounded great. They were tight as fuck. Um, cool set. I mean, I really would have liked to have seen more. I wish he would have played a longer set. Honestly, Ministry was cool. You know. There was they played pretty much nothing but stuff from Land of Rape and Honey, Psalm sixty nine, and a mind is a terrible thing to taste. So it was a pretty solid, you know. Yeah, like I haven't really liked anything since then, anyhow. Stuff. So yeah, it was just kind of like a hits set, if you could really call. <coughs> you know, I mean they're not really. Yeah. Like yeah. Jesus built my hot rod. It was like, you know. Yeah, that had the guy. From that was Warner, their hit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which their their version was cool. I thought, you know, live. I thought it was badass. Um, the mix was weird. The first few songs, it was almost like disorienting because there was so much shit going on. That I was like, God, this just. I looked at Jason. I was like, Man, is it just me? Or does this just sound like a wall of fucking loud? Just a wall of loud. Like it. It all of a sudden got way louder in there, and I couldn't fucking distinguish one goddamn thing from another and 
<laughs> finally, about the third song, it started like the, like they got the mix dialed in, and I was like, oh fuck, okay, now it sounds like a band. And then honestly, Primus, man, fucking blew me away. You know, never been like a huge fan. Uh, they have some stuff I dig. Some records I like more than others and stuff, but I'd never seen them live. I'd seen some live videos and stuff, but uh, seeing them live was really cool. And Les Claypool, man, God. It's like, you know he's a great bass player, but then when you see him live, it's like you really fucking know how great he is, you know? Like, he just has... I mean, he's a great player, and he has killer fucking tone. His bass tone was just... I mean, when do you ever walk away from a concert, and you're like, man, that bass player had killer fucking tone? Like, you don't. (laughs) Especially in an arena, because half the time, even the guitar players, you can't. Their tone still sounds like shit, because the fucking arena sounds like shit. But And then Slayer came on, and it was just, you know, it was fucking Slayer. <laughs> they were loud as fuck, and they just pounded one song into another, and, you know. But, man, it was such a long... I had gotten up early and went to work early, so I could get out of work early and drive up there and stuff, and... So I'd been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. So by the time they're wrapping their setup yeah. at 11, I'm like to the point where I could like fall asleep standing up, you know. But but yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. So. Um, kind of sounds like the times I've seen Megadeth. They always seem to cram like a ton of bands on their uh, uh, tour. Because I know like the one year I saw them, it was like a Gigantour or something. Mm, and they mm-hmm. had Hell Yeah. And they had Device. It was like David Draymond's like mm, I remember his that, side yeah. project thing. They even had Jason Newstead, his like side band thing. Yeah. And I think they had a black label society too. So it was like at least five bands that time. It just tends to be a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean it's cool because when you buy the ticket, you're like, ah oh, fuck yeah, I'm gonna really get my money's worth. I mean, I only paid these tickets were like sixty bucks. Hmm. So for that price, it was like, ah, oh, dude, this is, you know, this is a killer show, especially for the price. But, man, being there for five hours, really six. Yeah. Because we got there when the doors open, you know, because Jason's just, he's just one of those dudes that amped just geeks up. out. Yeah. He's amped up. He's outside standing in line. Like, he was <laughs> ready, man. Like, we were sitting at the brewery down the road, that Bent River Brewery. I was going to ask if you went there. Yeah. yeah. Great food, great beer. Feel free to sponsor our show, Bent River. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, we ate, we had like, I don't know, four or five beers sitting there chilling, and then it's like, he was like ready to go get in line, you know, and I'm like, I guess we could walk down that way, but shit, I could just sit and drink another beer, you know. So we went down there, and and it wasn't terrible. Like, we got in pretty quick consider, considering how uh, long the line was and stuff, but then we get in there, and... Anybody in Him and his son were all yeah. about. No, I don't think it was. There were some funny dudes behind us that were pretty funny. They were cracking me up. The one dude promised me that I was going to see his dick by the end of the show. <laughs> I was like, God, thank God I'm not really sitting by that guy. But uh, but we got in there, and then, you know, they hit the T-shirt line. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go find some beer. But, dude, 45 bucks. Like, I haven't paid attention to a T-shirt at a concert in forever unless I go to like some small show and it's a fairly small band you know or something yeah. and you know you go you go throw them 15, 20 bucks and get a t-shirt because you thought the band was cool and you know they're out on the road that's how they make their money 
So this is like the first time I've actually looked at t-shirt prices at a big arena show in forever. And I didn't see the prices for all the bands. I just saw the Slayer ones. And they were $45. Oh, it's their last $45 tour. $45 fucking so. dollars for a t-shirt. It was like, man, go fuck yourselves. Like, god damn. Well, I got something to tell you. But you, you know what? That fucking line was slammed with people. Uh, well, at the Kiss show. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, what were they? Like, well, I thought you were going to say 80 oh. to be honest with you, because it's Kiss, but... Because Gene Simmons, if he had anything to do with it, it's just yeah. better than everyone else's. It's worth more money. I think 40 is like the standard, though. I think Gene Simmons invented the t- concert t-shirt, if I'm <laughs> Probably. not mistaken. Oh, and he invented this. You can't see it, because... Uh, oh. uh, yeah. Or he was trying to trademark it, the heavy Trademark the... Even though Dio popularized it, I mean... Dio invented it. Fuck Gene. Just because Dio's dead now and can't stick up for himself. Yeah. So, enough babbling. Oh, wait, I did have one other quick topic that kind of pissed me off. We're just kidding. We're going to babble some more. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, The thing that kind (laughs) of pissed me off, but then thinking about it, it was like, eh, yeah, they're probably right, but... I saw something the other day. The rock albums of this decade, the top, um, these are top uh, selling. So they're not really the best quality, mm. but the top selling rock albums of the 2010s. Keep in mind, people are fucking morons. And yeah. So, number We're going one. off what morons bought. Yeah. <clears throat> number one was Blurry Face by 21 Pilots. Jesus. So they're the top um, grossing. That's album number sales. one. Yeah, number one. Ah, Jesus. Number Told two. Told you people are fucking stupid. <laughs> number two is Mumford & Sons, uh, Sign No More. Was that the first one? No. I think... I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't know when this was, but I know when they first kind of came out, wasn't it like... It was probably their second one, because yeah. the first one was so huge that people yeah. probably... I mean, I bought the second one, hoping it'd be as good as the first one. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Maybe I should have looked that up. The third one... Was Imagine Dragons uh, oh Night God. Visions. That was their debut one with like Radioactive and like Demons and stuff. I even bought that actually. I bought that on iTunes. It's okay. So I contributed. We can still Sorry. be friends, but I guess. Uh, I don't think this fourth one should even count um, because it's the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 mix. Yeah, that shouldn't count. Because it's, it's all classic rock songs and yeah. stuff. Or not even classic rock, it's like classic hits. Yeah. Like Jackson 5 was on there, right? What was this on? What Was it Rolling Stone or Billboard or... I think it was Billboard, yeah. Typical horse shit. It, and then the fifth one was another Imagine Dragons. Jesus uh, Their Christ. third album, Evolution, uh, with like Believe. Dude, I've there. never listened to an entire Imagine Dragons record. You're going to tell me that two of their fucking records are in the top five? Or yeah. however many. I already lost count of where you were at, but yeah. at least in the top ten. Yeah, they're in the top five. I don't know what was in the top ten. This article just had the top five. But then, yeah, that song, Believer, that's the top rock song single, I guess, of this decade. Believer, that's like the shittiest uh, single that I think I've heard. Well, wait, maybe Thunder. I don't know. But they're basically the same. It's just like, Believer, over and over again. The other one's like, Hear the Thunder. I don't know. That's all the song Mm -hmm. is. It's just repetitive. Mm. Um, you're just saying the title over and over again. It's for soccer moms, man. Yeah. Kind of like White Claws. <laughs> well, they are the White Claw of they are. rock and roll. See? 
I was trying to work that in there somehow. Well, speaking of... Uh, well, I was kind of thinking, though. I was like, I was trying to like write down some other albums that I liked or whatever from this decade. And I was like, so you're telling me they outsold the fucking Foo Fighters? Like that Wasting Light album? People are stupid. Stuff. But yeah, I'm but I guess it's like... <laughs> yeah, but I guess they're like crossover appeal right. and stuff. And even like, I told one guy at work this, and I... Uh, sorry to beat a dead horse with this topic, but he kind of made I'm sense. I'm it. He's like, if it's Billboard, then really they don't get into, like, sub-genres and stuff. Because I was trying to say that I don't think 21 Pilots is even rock music, but they're not really pop, I guess. Or maybe they are pop, but... I was going to say, uh, that's kind of a loose usage of the term rock. Yeah, because he was, he was kind of putting it in context. And he's like, well, if this is Billboard, they only lump stuff into... Everything is just all country. Everything's just all rock, and everything's mm-hmm. just all pop. They don't really get into like yeah. subgenres of classifying things. So, yeah. um, and I'm like, yeah, you're right because like they kind of Americana isn't the same type of country as like you know Jason Isbell isn't the same as Zach Brown, but they get lumped in the same right in the no, same category. Jason Isbell smokes fucking Zach Brown's ass. Yeah. Fuck Zach Brown after that last record <laughs> yeah. we had to listen to. Jesus. God. You picked that one out too, didn't you? I think That so. one was your idea. Well, I picked out these ones too. Shit. Yeah. You're going to kick me off this show. Well, show was your idea, so... I don't know if I can... You came up with the show. You came up with the show's name. Well, um, you came up. I'm with just here to listen to your shitty albums, yeah. your shitty album choices, and talk shit about them. Uh, so, yeah, speaking of shitty albums, this yeah. week we have what? Nice segue. Coldplay. Coldplay. Uh, is it? I think I wrote down the wrong title. Actually, I think it's everyday. Everyday life. life but is... I put down ordinary life. Hmm. But that's because wasn't what was the song? Never mind. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, Everyday Life by Coldplay. Exciting stuff here. Not. <laughs> See, I'm bringing that back. Yeah. Um, Man, I guess I kind of wanted to like this because when I saw Coldplay was coming out with an album and I kind of... I think I liked Orphans, It's Alright, and the Arabesque uh, song. I kind of liked those. So then I was like, in the week or so before uh, this album came out, I went back and listened to like Viva La Vida. And I'm like, yeah, like, I bought that when it came out. And I'm like, yeah, it still kind of holds up. It's it's not bad. I mean, I've never been a fan. They've always kind of bored me. I've never... <sighs> I mean, I respect them because it's not like they suck, you know? But they just don't do anything for me. And then when I listened to this record, it just it just kind of solidified my, you know, yeah. my already existing opinion of this band. And I don't, and I was kind of like you, like I wanted to like it more than I ended up liking it. And I think the main reason was because, you know, the intro with just the instrumental thing with like, kind of has like the classical feel, you know, with yeah. the cellos and stuff. I think I only listened to it once. So, anybody listening to this, 
if you just get pissed off because I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, it's probably because I don't. <laughs> I only listened to it once, and you know, I just didn't feel compelled to listen to it a second time. So my memory might not be, and I didn't take any notes. So I was just like, yeah. I don't have much, you know, to say here. I don't. I wasn't. I didn't hate anything, but then I didn't have enough to say about any of the stuff that I did kind of like because the stuff that I did kind of like, I will probably still never listen to again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was kind of like the Miranda Lambert album, except that was so bad that it was like, if I found any song in the kitchen, yeah, if there was, so there was like two songs that I, I noted like, Hey, you know, these are the two best on the record. But the thing is like, would I have, Am I, I'm never gonna go back and listen to those two songs. Yeah, they were only good because next to all the other so pieces bad. of yeah. shit. But then like yeah. this was like super bland. So like even the standout tracks really aren't that much better than because yeah. none of it's bad. It's just that none of it's great. I did the stuff that I liked was like any oddball thing they kind of threw in there, like that broken song I kind of liked right up until I looked at the title and they capitalized the e. And broken, and I'm like, what? What the fuck is that about? That just seemed kind of douchey to me, yeah. but but I liked it. That kind of had like a kind of sounds like a church choir singing the chorus. I think again, my memory just might be totally fucked. I might not even be well, talking about that. That's actually right where song. I was gonna go with this. Is you said the church choir and the cellos? That's basically every song. Yeah, so, and I mean, I like that element to this record, and there was the moments where. Some of the stuff that was more raw and kind of concentrated more on that rather than adding all the slick production to all that stuff yeah. too it was more interesting to me, but then even then I wasn't very interested. I will say that Gun song was probably the best to me because it was so yeah. much different from the rest of the record. It was really fucking raw. Um, it sounded like production wise, it sounded like some of the oddball, like, well, I don't know why I'm saying oddball Tom Waits songs, because pretty much, you know, all of his stuff is pretty oddball, really, but I, I really like his stuff and, and some of his stuff is, uh, real raw and sounds like he's sitting far from the microphone and stuff, you know, like it's, it's this weird audio quality that's not really good but it's cool and I felt like that gun song kind of had that like it just sounded like he was sitting back a little bit from the microphone and just had a fucking acoustic guitar and he's playing it kind of raw and sloppy a little bit and I like that and uh I kind of like your take on that song because I kind of just thought eh it's kind of like not the same as the Ricky Warwick guns. I was kind of thinking of that because right. there's these artists writing songs about guns. And his, but this was like better. His is almost kind of like silly. Like, I don't think he's like making light of people getting shot, but he's just like. Who? Chris Martin or? Yeah, Chris yeah. Martin. Because he's kind of like, oh, let's make more guns then and just melt down uh, instruments and shit. I mean, I think he's m- is essentially maybe. He's more m- like tongue in cheek. He's maybe kind of. mocking the. Uh, you know, the right wing yeah. conservatives that are, you know, defending yeah, we need guns. More guns. Yeah. And which so. I mean, I own guns, so I'm definitely not the guy out there yeah. trying to fucking ban guns, but at the same time, again, 
This just goes back to the... And this song really wasn't that political, though. Like, if you're listening to it, like, it doesn't even sound... Yeah, that's aside, what I'm saying. I kind of liked it for that. He's yeah. Like, like, it just was like, a, it, like you said, yeah, tongue-in-cheek. And I really liked it because of that. Because it was like, he's make, he's trying to make a political point, but he's not, like, cramming it down your throat. Like, he's not forcing the entire song yeah. to just be about that and drive his fucking point home really hard. I mean... It just was, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of an okay song. I think the execution of it and the just the overall sound sonically and everything, I like it. I like the production of it, but then like that's the highlight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true, true. like it's not really a great song. Yeah, because that's kind of what I was thinking. How you're talking about Def Leppard and the slick production right. and stuff. That's kind of the way that I was thinking about this album. Like, I don't like the... I don't love it, and I don't think I'd ever go back and listen to it. But at least I kind of feel like mostly they were kind of consistent with that kind of, like, um, same atmospheric kind of vibe. They had that running throughout right. the album. So at least they had a consistent tone that you could kind of appreciate or something. It was kind of different. Yeah. But then it was like, well, for me... Most of the record was boring. Sorry, I didn't mean to Yeah, like how you were saying the Taylor Hawkins one didn't go anywhere. This just kind of didn't go anywhere either. It kind of had, like how you said, it started out... Had a few bumps where it got slightly better. Yeah, the instrumental kind of chorus kind of thing and and the choir. And then I actually, like, I listened to this album like three times. I think I listened to it Friday before work, Friday night after work, and then this morning. And I was trying to kind of... I was kind of, I didn't want to just write it off and say, I don't like this. I kind of wanted to figure out what I liked about it and what I didn't like. And I think it's, yeah, like how you were saying, like there's some cool stuff on there, like that raw and acoustic or kind of like choir. But that's, it just stayed there. Except for that gun song was kind of... Something slightly different. In the middle of the album and it kind of was like that midway point or something different. But then it was right back to the way it was and like because there's something old friends it's like somber and acoustic then there's daddy Uh, it's another song then there was one that actually you said sounded like church or something or like the choir i'm like oh well that's this other song yeah broken it's got gospel and church yeah and then when i need a friend it actually has church uh chanting so the album kind of the second time listened to it it made me just feel like i was in church maybe he's been going to church a lot yeah I thought Cry, Cry, Cry was, like, <clears throat> another highlight for me. That's using the term highlight mm. pretty loosely, but, you know. But, yeah, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have. Yeah, I don't know if I was making sense of it, but it kind of was like, well, this sounds like a little bit of churchy, a little bit of churchy. Oh, this is church. I probably have more to say, I guess, but, you know, you text me and was like, I don't even want to talk about these records. They're fucking boring. Or I said something about him being boring. You're like, yeah, I don't even really want to talk about him. We'll just blah, blah, blah. We'll just not talk about him. We'll introduce him and then... Yeah, and then just then cut off the show. And then cut off. So, like, I took you pretty literally. I was like, wow, Andy's not even taking notes or anything. So I'm just going to show up and wing this whole thing. And Yeah, but I didn't know. I didn't want to do that. Because then Friday after right. work, I was like, whatever. I'll give it a chance. Cause yeah. Maybe because I kind of wanted to like it. But I'm not going to say I'm a Coldplay fan. But I do kind of like, I bought Viola Vida because I heard those songs on the radio. And I kind of liked those, like Violet Hill. 
and stuff. And even the one that was like, I wrote down, A Rush of Blood to the Head. I had never listened to it before other than Clocks. And then that album was actually in the uh, Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. Yeah. I think it might have been in the 400s or something, so it wasn't like high up on there. But I at least listened to it and gave it a shot. And it wasn't bad either. So it's not like they're totally like a bad band, but I don't know. They have some... I mean, they've made some money. Some listenable songs. <laughs> they're not... Uh... And then whenever I think of Clocks, I think of Love Line. I don't know if you ever listened to that show or not. I vaguely remember that. Because that yeah. was always their sign-off song, because it has that piano thing, so it kind oh. of like faded out while Adam Carolla is like... Adam Carolla, yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of the guy, the guy's name that hosted that. Yeah, I never really watched it, but <clears throat> I just thought that... Uh, I just assumed it was something that chicks watched, you know? I don't know. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about now, the MTV thing. It was like a radio... Right. Show though, because it used to be on X, like at night, 99X. Oh, and it was yeah. on like midnight to two. So I'd have to be in the studio for that sometimes. Oh, I got yeah. I didn't know it was on the radio too. Yeah. That's silly. Yeah. Didn't seem like it was a show that needed to. Yeah, it was on for like 20 years or something. God, I really? I think it started in 90, the mid 90s or something. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember probably first seeing it like in the late. Late nineties. Yeah, because that was when I first saw it. It was actually on MTV. Yeah, and we had like. I didn't like have MTV. Like the whole time I was in high school, like we moved and didn't get cable, so I hadn't had cable. Hadn't seen anything on MTV between like eighth grade and moving out on my own after high school. Oh yeah, and so yeah. Which was fine because there wasn't really there was no more Headbangers Ball or anything cool, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, but they had Jesse Camp. Yeah, I do remember him. I met him. <laughs> yeah. At Rock and Skull at one year, he was there in the big fur coat, right? Yeah. In the big Elmer Fudd hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty funny, man. He like he had two girls with him, and. And they looked, like, pretty young, and I was, I mean, not, like, high school kids or anything, but, I mean, he's older than me, I think. He's got to be. And so they looked like they were in their 20s. <clears throat> and, uh, but, I, yeah, I was, like, asking him what he was doing. I was, like, so what are you up to or whatever, like, however the conversation went. And he's, like, oh, we got a band. Him and these two, these two girls, like, apparently had some band. And... <laughs> It's weird because I always heard, there was always the rumor where I was like, yeah, he just acts like that when he's on MTV, but he's actually really smart. He's like a fucking genius. And that's what people always said. Man, after meeting him, I don't buy that. I don't, because what was he there to just do like a put on and act like that? But he looked like he was like fucked up. Like he seemed like he was on something. Didn't somebody say he was like sleeping on uh, Chip Zanuff's couch or he was hanging out with him? Fuck, I don't know. Cause didn't, cause yeah, cause weren't they the headliner? It was like that. Oh yeah, Friday. enough's enough was there that year. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Somebody probably made that up. Maybe. Cause it just sounds fucking real to be I don't honest. Know, we could ask Danny. Yeah, He's like a, enough is enough historian. Historian. <laughs> he might. We'll get him on the show. He's like a scholar. We'll get him on the show shit. maybe for the Christmas show and uh, you know, 
We're going to try to start introducing these uh, some guests, some special guests. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to ruin any surprises. That and then if they don't come through, I don't want to, you know. I mean, it's not like we're getting Eddie Van Halen or anything. People <laughs> are going to, you know, be shitting themselves over it, but, but, uh, but still, I don't want to build up any anticipation and then, you know, have nothing happen. Is Six it going to be chips enough? We'd probably have to pay him. He'd probably... He's like the Gene Simmons on a way smaller scale, <laughs> you know? Like, there, dude, there's this documentary that was, uh, that was filmed about, about Enough's Enough. But it's like all the, like the original guitar player and dudes that were in Enough's Enough back before they, like, broke big and stuff. And so it's all these guys that, you know, either play and cover bands and like Johnny Monaco's in it he's in the documentary they're bitter because they weren't there when they were kind of semi-famous yeah but they but they're anyhow it's all guys that live up in Chicago and stuff and they're telling all these stories about enough's enough and and there was one guy who was talking about Chip and how he'd like god what was it man it was something to do with like some I remember if it was like the Girl Scouts or something had like <laughs> candy bars for sale in the shop and he would like walk in and you know just like grab all of the candy bars or some shit and just leave like a dollar for all of them or so <laughs> I don't remember what the story was I don't even know why I'm telling this story now cuz I'm fucking it up but if you can find it the documentary is on YouTube but but it was basically like you know, I think like Chip. He was is, just a dick, right? He's kind of well. I think he's fucked a lot of dudes out of money and stuff. Like I don't. I think that he. The reason why there's probably the version of enough's enough that there is now, is because he is making sure that he's getting paid, but he's not necessarily adequately paying the other guys. You know. So, I don't know that for sure. It's not like I've had a conversation where somebody that was in the band has told me that, but I've just heard things to, that make me believe that that's the case, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine maybe that's why like Johnny Monaco's not in the band anymore. Because I don't know why he wouldn't be. Like He's a bad motherfucker, and like Enough's Enough was yeah, it's like, what else is he bad doing? as fuck when they had him. It was like you didn't even miss Donnie, even though Donnie's great. I wish Donnie would get back in the band and be, you know... Just, I think Donnie and uh, Monaco should get in there and they should just fucking be a cool band again because, you know, we opened for them like two years ago and it was this new version with Chip and all these hired guns. Oh, that's right. And they get up there and they start playing and I'm like, what the fuck? I look at my guitar player, Jason, and I'm like, dude, you can hear Donnie's voice. They're playing to fucking tracks. And it pretty much was like they just put the Greatest Hits CD on and jammed along with it. And, like, you could hear Donnie's voice in the mix. It was the most fucking absurd thing. I'm like, Jesus, man, who does that so just shamelessly? But people, of course, you know, again, back to the whole people are stupid thing. The crowd thought, man, this guy sound fucking great. It's like, well, yeah. They're just playing along with a goddamn CD. Of course they sound yeah. great, you know? It's like Millie Vanilli or something. Yeah. It's like they were really singing and really playing and shit, but they had, 
I think. Isn't that what Molly Crew does basically now? They just kind of play along to this. Their well, there's tracks. I don't know if it's quite that shameless, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of tracks going on and stuff. A lot of bands do it anymore, but God, it's just sad because you know, then people get so used to that. Yeah. And they don't really know any better. So then they go see a band, right, that's really playing live. And maybe it's not quite as slick and, you know, whatever. So then they walk away from it and go, uh, yeah, it was all right, man. It, just, it didn't really sound that good. It didn't sound anything like the record. It's like, yeah, most fucking bands don't. They were boring. Most fucking bands don't sound like the record. The yeah. bands that sound just like the record, nine times out of ten, it's because the fucking record is playing. <laughs> and they're just playing over the top yeah. of it, you asshole. Jesus. Oh, speak, speaking of that, up here, today. I'm, I'm going to interject something about uh, touring. How I said I'd, I'd listen to Coldplay like about three times. Well, when I was listening to it the third time this morning, um, I was kind of looking up something. I think I was Googling or something, and I saw like a headline about Coldplay. Uh, the band wants to hold off on touring until they can have an eco-friendly tour, so they're not going to tour for probably two years on this album because they don't want to leave a carbon-like footprint or something. Too big of a carbon footprint with touring. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. You know I what? Was like, couldn't they just tour well, and do, like, an acoustic show? I think so it's just not... a horseshit excuse. Yeah. They know this record ain't going to blow up that big. You're not going to tour on a record two years after it comes out. You yeah. know what it is? They're fucking millionaires, and they don't want to leave their fancy house. Yeah. Chris Martin doesn't want to leave Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. Well, he already did. I think they split up. Oh, well, never mind. Sorry, Gwyneth. <laughs> Hopefully you've moved on to bigger, better things. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I just saw see that. See how out of touch like, I am? I, like, try to make some yeah. fucking joke, and oh, I'm not even... I'm sorry, I just It's, like, it. two years ago. Let's yeah. pretend it was two years ago when I made that joke, and then it would be relevant. Yeah. I, but, yeah, but I was just, like, I saw that... And then I started thinking about, and I think I went back to kind of hating the album a little bit because I was like, and eh, it's called Everyday Life. These fuckers can't relate to everyday life, especially because it sounds like all this church bells and like overproduced stuff. And I was kind of thinking, if anybody's going to have an everyday life album, right, it's the boss or something like that. He, he's going to be able to like relate to like, you know, uh, the common man more. Like, I don't know anything about Chris. I mean, maybe. I don't know if he yeah. does now. True. Like, he's I pretty fucking know, rich now. I don't now, know but... these Coldplay guys, and I was just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, the dude's like, like you said, he's fucking like, like movie stars, so yeah. how can he re- uh, really relate to everyday life either? I have no idea, but I guess we have another record to talk about. Yeah. I guess. Beck. Hyperspace. Mm-hmm. What's funny is when you told me about the Beck thing, I was like, okay, and then... I pulled up that Paisley Park thing because that was the only thing that was coming up in my in the new releases thing on Amazon. And I was like, oh, this is like a three-song EP. What the fuck are we going to talk about? You know? And it wasn't even new music, really. I mean, he just what re-recorded like a couple songs at Paisley Park and then did like the Prince medley. Yeah, like, I didn't listen to that, though, but you said you did. I did, and it was like whatever. I mean, being a big Prince fan... He didn't, like, take a giant shit on any of the songs or anything, but, like, they didn't need to be done. It was kind of like, okay, whatever. (laughs) But, I mean, it was just like a live sessions thing. Like, it just sounded like he took his band and went in 
interact okay. these three things at Paisley Park just to do it. And uh, I guess whatever, you know. So, you know, as far as this hyperspace record goes, yeah, I don't I think, think that right. was recorded at Paisley Park, was it? That was only recorded on, or I mean only released on Amazon, because I've got Apple oh, Music, and it? I couldn't get that thing. You're not missing much, I mean. Of course you're not missing much if you didn't listen to the full-length album sure. either. So, I don't know what your thoughts were on Hyperspace. Uneventful Days sums it up. So yeah. And actually, I thought that song was okay. I mean, other than the fact that, dude, that keyboard part thing in the background, there's some weird thing going on, and it sounds like the, uh, it was reminding me of a Genesis song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or something, or was it a Phil Collins song? Maybe that Throwing It All Away song? Maybe. I don't know. I just I'd have to hear like it again. But... Vibe. I was like, sounds like somebody's watching too much Stranger Things. Mm, he might be. I don't know. Everything's like 80s now. Well, and the thing is, the album cover is the coolest part of this record. Yeah. Like he's standing in front of that car and he's wearing like the Don Johnson get up. Yeah, like pastel. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a blue pastel shirt with like the white suit. I feel like it's a cool-looking cover, and it should be a really cool, like, 80s throwback synth record, and then it's really fucking boring. Yeah, see, that's kind of what it was, like, misleading to me, because I thought it was going to be, like... Well, it's rappy. <laughs> um, I think um, his his last album was kind of poppy and, like, dancey, and I kind of yeah. liked it, because, uh, like, 99.9 played, like, three or four of the songs from that album, and I went out and bought it, and I kind of liked it. It was, it was yeah, like a, what you would expect this album to be. Right. But then, this one is the opposite of that. It's more of, like, the downbeat kind of dancey, instead of the upbeat dancey or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a boring, yeah. boring record. So, he should have... He should have put the Prince thing on here. Yeah. And he, but he should have changed the lyrics and said, this is what it sounds like when paint dries. <laughs> you know? That's pretty good. It's pretty. Well, See, thank you. you never would have said that if I hadn't mentioned the Beck. Thank you. Then. That's true. That's true. And had there not been the Prince thing at Paisley Park. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. At first I was kind of like, oh, okay. Uneventful days. I thought that song was okay. Mm. So I thought it might get interesting. And that Saw Lightning song wasn't terrible. What? So, I hate that song. That's the worst really? song on that fucking album. Well. Because I think that's been a single. And it's been played on CT since the summer. And yeah. to me. See, I haven't heard it on there. I don't. It's got, like, it sounds like two different songs. Like, if you play one song and then you got something else playing, it sounds like two different things going on. Yeah. And it, like, fucks with my head. Because that guitar, it's got some kind of slide brown thing or something. Like, I don't know. You I would probably know te- that. It's thing. technically called a brown. Yeah, just like the sound you made. <laughs> yeah, but... I don't it, know how you spell it, but... It sounds kind of like the record company. Like, some kind of riff that they would have. Then you've got this beat, like... A beat. And it's just that... Riff and that beat, and then somebody going, ooh, ooh. And I was like, this is the most fucking annoying song ever. Like, I basically just did the song. If I took that part, that part, and that part and mixed it or something, I would basically have this Beck song. And then 
here's one thing where I'm going with this song. It was produced, the whole album was produced by uh, Pharrell Williams. Oh, yeah. And they wrote most of this album, and then he produced it. And as I was listening to it more, I think I was getting kind of pissed off the more I was listening to it. Kind of almost like the Coldplay thing. Once I saw their eco-friendly thing, I was like, man, these guys are fucking pretentious. But then with this Beck thing and Pharrell Williams, I was like, aha, I know why I hate that song now. Because it sounds like that Robin Thicke song. And they're doing basically the same fucking thing where they ripped off Marvin Gaye. Right. Or maybe I'm hearing things that aren't there. But then once I knew Pharrell Williams and I hated that song, I'm like, it sounds like the Robin Thicke thing because there's that, that Robin Thicke doing that voice over some kind of beat that sounds like dancey. And I'm like, maybe Pharrell Williams is like one note. He just kind of does that same kind of song. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really listen to his stuff anymore. I mean, I like the NERD stuff, nerd. Maybe I like I'm just the first, fired up now. The first record was cool, and they've had some cool stuff. But other than that, like, I only know of Pharrell Williams with, like, Happy and all this you know, yeah. kind of bullshit like that. Like, I don't even listen to that crap. Um, I don't know. I'm glad you're fired up because I don't have much to say about it. Well, that's really all and I And I'm just saying say. Saw, that Saw Lightning, like, yeah. I just think that there was nothing. I didn't necessarily think that was a good song, but there was literally nothing interesting after that like it was like boring as fuck it was like the whole record went by and I forgot there was even music playing so yeah because it's almost the same as I guess the Coldplay at least they kind of had a vibe where they're like alright we're going to do some kind of mellow thing and then this Beck thing like alright we're going to do some kind of mellow thing but it was all Coldplay at least had like a few little songs that popped up where it was like oh wait I think there's a song there. This, I was like, oh my God, man. Like, when then is it going to over? Yeah, one like song, there was like see-through or something. Like, I just let it play for a while, and I came back just to look at some of the uh, tracks every once in a while. I think he like auto-tuned himself mm. on a couple songs. I don't even remember. And I was just like, eh. I definitely took no notes on this yeah. one. I didn't know what to say, because there was nothing to say about nothing. I took another note. Um, the hyperspace thing, he got the title from the video game uh, Asteroids, like the old oh, arcade yeah. thing, because I guess you could go into hyperspace if you're about to be destroyed or something and like appear somewhere else. Yeah, okay. But that's probably, like that's you said, awesome. just like the uh, just like the cover. <laughs> that's the only cool thing yeah. about the album. Yeah, I mean, the album cover's cool because, you know, Japanese writing is cool. Don Johnson, yeah. uh, Miami Vice suits are cool. Not really, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, we really had a lot to say about that one. Mm. Well, he didn't give me much to say other than being yeah. fired up about Pharrell Williams ripping himself off. Yeah, fuck Pharrell. Pharrell. I can't even talk. Pharrell Williams. Yeah. Man, every once in a while, it's like every episode. There's a word I can't say, like or I want to pronounce record. it, or I want to pr- pronounce it differently. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, like record, record for rail, for rail Williams. See, it's easier to say his name if you kind of have a southern draw. So yeah, I guess fuck Pharrell, yeah. fuck Motley Crue. 
And fuck Coldplay for being pretentious now. Fuck your eco-friendly bullshit. We don't give a shit about the environment over here in fucking A-Side Studio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I think they could tour a little bit more, like, um, eco-friendly. Won't they just all get in a van and do, like, go back to basics and, like, drive around in a van... And then just play like acoustic-y things. So then you're not really like bringing all this huge stage projection with lights and stuff. Yeah. You could just or just or get... even still plug in, but you don't fucking need the whole like huge like light tress or whatever. Yeah. And stuff. You get some need... souped-up Prius with a trailer behind it. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have Priuses with a towing package? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. I just pictured a Prius going down the road and then some big-ass trailer behind it. It'd be awesome. Or what was that horrible boss? He's like, you were drag racing in a Prius? That's great. Jennifer Aniston is awesome in those movies. God. Well, I'm not sure I have much more to talk about. I don't know about you. Probably about a good point to wrap it up because otherwise... We just start talking about Priuses and Jennifer Aniston. Frankly, I would have a lot to say about Jennifer Aniston, but I don't think that (laughs) I need to say it. So, um, anyhow, I guess everybody uh, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the holidays. Have a good Thanksgiving. Eat some fucking turkey. Uh, And yeah, let's come back next time. Thanks. Somewhere in time, unsuspecting victim.